apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810, call for additional details. Jones had first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach in college basketball, hands down. Finns, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. I'm Steve Risser, along here with Justin Nafrio. And how about those Phillies? They just can't lose in this ballpark. They didn't lose in this ballpark in the division series of the LCS last year. And, and they didn't lose in the wild card round, the division, the division series. And, and as of right now, the LCS this year, this Phillies team has been outstanding so far. The offense, the, the home runs has just been on, just ridiculous. I mean, Schwarber last night, you had Castellanos against the Braves, and he had a home run against the Diamondback. Trey Turner. I mean, it's just, it's just all throughout the lineup. This team has been hitting. They win last night, ten nothing. They go up two zero. They get great starts from uh, from Wheeler, and uh, they get a good start from Wheeler. Great start from Noel last night. Right now, it's looking like the Phillies are the favorite to win it all, and I don't think any team is winning in that ballpark the way they're the way that they're playing right now. I'm with you. It's one of the best home field advantages in all of sports right now, um, with that fan base, with that crowd, and yeah, that's. Uh, that that that's not an easy place to win, and you're really seeing it right now. And yeah, it looked like Arizona was just totally overmatched, and you know they got they got to their you know Mayor Kelly pitched pretty well at like he wasn't horrible, but yeah they 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 jumped on him early, and yeah the home run balls, and I think now and then um when you know in the postseason so far you know the team that pitched more home runs than their opponents like seventeen to two it's something like it, it so. 
they've been much, you know, so the home run ball has been huge, especially for the Phillies. And yeah, Castellanos, he's batting the seventh hole and he's still like a dangerous hitter. Like there's just no holes in this lineup. And yeah, the poor D-back, it's been a heck of a run, but they just look so overmatched right now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And Gallon was okay last night, but yeah, they're, they're totally overmatched against this Phillies lineup, which once everyone got hot is one of the best, I think, Right behind the Braves, one of the best in baseball. Once everyone started getting hot. Because at the beginning of the year, the thing with the Phillies was Harper was hurt. Uh, Turner was was not playing well at all. And ever since that standing ovation, the Philly fans gave him, Turner started to hit well. And this lineup has taken off. And this team has taken off. I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. And the big question is now is, what do the Phillies got to do to put this series away? And number one, just keep hitting home runs. <laughs> 19 home runs already in the postseason. Just, just keep hitting home runs. And number two, keep getting good starts. You keep hit, get, hitting home runs, keep getting good starting pitching. Their questionable bullpen isn't even going to matter because right now this team just can't lose. No, no, they can't. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, like you just knocked out their yeah, yeah. Like my first one was that like you just knocked out their two best pitchers. Like get on uh Brandon Font on a uh, Thursday night. Like that that's a guy you should be able to destroy. And you know Ranger Swords have been pretty good so far in the postseason. So yeah, you know like they got the edge there. And then that my I have the, like the same other ones. That, you know. So, yeah, continue to just mash. And then, you know, Philly's bullpen, just, you know, they've, they've gotten they, – they've been pretty well. That, like, I'm waiting for that one great Kimball game, the blow, that a blow up. But, yeah, like, if that and the bullpen um could kind of shut things down late in the game because their rotation's been really good. And, and yeah, like, the Phillies right now, they're in great shape. And, yeah, like, the Rangers are playing really, really well too. But yeah, it's going to be tough for, for anybody to, to go in that ballpark and knock off uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think this team is going to cruise in the series. But we got to talk about what the Diamondbacks got to do to try to get back into the series. And number one, they need to get more from their top six hitters. They need to get more from Carroll, Marte, Walk. Now, Marte had a good night last night. He had two hits. But, you know, Carroll, uh, Gurriel, Marte, uh, Marino, they got to get Walker. They got to get more out of those guys. And if they don't, there's no way. They're going to be done in five games. And then number two, they got to get they got to get better starting pitching. I mean, the starting pitching's got to be, be got to be better, and it's going to be tough for that to be better because they're top two starters pitching games one and two. And then number three, their bullpen can't implode like it did last night. But let's be honest, the Diamondbacks are really facing an uphill battle against this Phillies team. Yeah, yeah. For the D-backs, my one one is, you know, going back to the like game one. You know, Carroll got that um base hit back in game one, and you know they didn't even try to attempt to even steal base. Like when they get guys on, they got you know try to generate a stolen base or something. Try to you know, move somebody over, like, you know, they haven't been hitting great. Like last night, they, they kind of struggled the bat. So like, you got to kind of, you know, they're one of the leaders in stolen bases a lot in this season. So I feel like when you get guys on that could kind of steal a base, you got to attempt one or two of them, um, try to move runners over right now to just try to, you know, get a couple guys in scoring position. And then, yeah, number two, um, yeah, the offense, it's just got to, you know, as a whole has got to pick it up. Um, they, they, you know, Last night was a big struggle for him. Even game one, um, you know, they only had four hits. Like, they kind of got their opportunity. You know, they knocked them in when they had them. But you got to – they, they got to be better. And, you know, because the way the Phillies' offense is, is is hitting right now, they got to be able to put up some runs. And, you know, it, it, the the offense so far right now, is, you know, has looked like it, it's cooled off immensely right now. Yeah, they're not hitting the way they did in the Dodgers series, definitely. They got to they gotta, they gotta do that when they come back home or they're going to have absolutely no chance to, 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 to get back to Philly. But for this series, I think the Phillies win this in five. I think it's another NLCS where they cruise. I think they win it in five and they get to their second straight World Series. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to go four games. Though. I think it's a sweep. I don't. Wow. I just the way they got the gallon and Kelly, I don't know how Arizona is going to be able to get this. And I know Walker, you know, Philly will have Walker um, going game four. I think right now for like it's Ryan Nelson for the D-backs who came relief in game one. I think it's going to is their problem right now. Like, I think the Phillies get the fought who's not great. And, you know, and I, I think they'll be able to get to uh, Nelson. If that's a starter on Friday night. And I, I think the Phillies are going to cruise. And I, I just, I just, I mean, I just, I, I don't really, the way, the, the way the Phillies are playing right now, it's just I I, I think Arizona is going to have a tough time. They're again they're not a great team. They've had they, they've had a really good year. They've had you know it's a nice year. You know Corey Carroll they've made a nice run here in the postseason, but they just they they've met their match here. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. It looks like the Diamondbacks will go out in four or five. Now we both think the Phillies are going to go on to their second straight World Series. The big question is who will they play, and it doesn't look like it's going to be a rematch because right now. The Rangers are up on the Astros 2-0, and they won two of those games in Houston. So the Rangers, they've been, just like the Phillies, the Rangers have been red hot. They've won seven straight games in the postseason, taking out the two with the two AL East teams, taking out the Rays in the first round, in the wild card round, and the Orioles in three in the division, in the, in the uh, division series, and now up 2-0 on the Astros. But we'll start with the defending champion, Houston Astros. And the big question for them is, is what do they need to do to uh, – get back in the series. And first, they need uh they need really outside of Alvarez, their top their top hitters. They need Tucker, uh Altuve, Bregman, and even Abreu in the series be better because that's been a big big issue. I mean, the only reason they were in the game on Monday night was because of uh Alvarez. Alvarez hit those two home runs. If it wasn't for Alvarez, they wouldn't even have been in that game against the Rangers. So, yeah, I I think that uh I, I think those th- that has to happen for them to uh for that, for them to have a chance to get back in the series, and then number two, they just need better starting pitching. You know, you know, uh, their, their starter on a on on a on. Uh, I mean, he was he was just terrible. Valdez, yeah, Valdez was just Valdez was awful. Was awful on a on 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 Monday night, and then Verlander was decent, but Valdez was just awful. They just need better starting pitching. But the, but mainly, it's got to be those bats. It's got to be those bats in the top of that lineup. If those bats don't hit. Houston will not be in the World Series this year. It'll be the first time they'll be watching the World Series since 2020. Yeah, yeah. You know, for Houston right now, they have the bats. Like, you know, if you look at it, uh, I mean, um, Jose Altuve's batting 162 so far in the postseason. Tucker, I think, is 191. Bregman's only around 215. Like, yeah, Alvarez has been really good, but they need the top of that lineup to kind of start generating, start kind of getting guys on base and, you know, you're facing a guy in Max Scherzer who hasn't pitched in a month tonight and who's been very up and down. So this is a guy you got to kind of hit here and, and kind of get a couple runs here early on, you know, early get a jump on this Texas team. And, you know, my other key was the Astros have been great on the road this year. They're 23 games over 500 away from home and they're five games under at, um, at home. Like they, they've been really good at on the road this year. I'm not shocked that that's the type of team that's kind of, they, you know, they're, you know, with everything with, you know, after the 2017 kind of cheating scandal, that's a team that, you know, I think they kind of like that environment being on the road, being booed and all that. So I think they could, I think they'll put better on the road, but they got to kind of jump on them tonight. They've been a better road team and they got to get out to kind of a fast start this evening. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They got to get off to a fast start on the road. It'll be key for them. And you talked about them, the home and road. Yeah, they did lose a home game in that twin series, and they won two games on the road in the Minnesota series. So we'll see. Yeah, this team has been better when their backs have been against the wall on the road. So we'll see, we'll see what ends up happening there. But it's got to start tonight. It's got to start tonight against Max Scherzer because, yeah, Matt, you said Max Scherzer hasn't pitched in a while. they got to get off to a fast start tonight, or I think it's going to be a long night and probably series over for the Houston Astros. Yeah, it absolutely will be. And, you know, like if they lose tonight, they've been to what, you know, two straight World Series. They've won the last, they've been the LCS to the last seven years. Seven, like, seven I think they years, lose, yeah. seven. Yeah. Like, I think you see if they lose tonight, they kind of go, all right, guys, we've done this so often. Let's pack it up. Let's get the golf clubs ready. Let's, you know, let's get the offseason going. Like, you know, like I don't see this team battling back down 3 0. Like, it's yeah, not a team, you know, it's a team that's won multiple times. So, yeah, yeah like, they lose tonight. I think this thing's over tomorrow. But, yeah, tonight, look, tonight's if they the win tonight, game. maybe. Yeah. They I get, think if yeah, they win they tonight, win they tonight. Got, we got ourselves a series. If they don't, yeah, you said it. You said it. It's over. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I completely agree with you said. So, yeah, I think, yeah, tonight, tonight's a big one. And, um, yeah, should, should, should be a good one. Former, uh, there, yeah, you know, should be, should be a good one because, uh, you know, Javier's pitched really well for the Astros. All righty, so we'll move on to the Rangers. And, the, and, and uh, I think the biggest key for them to put the series away is, is continue to get good starting pitching. You know, they've had good – the first, first two starts were really, really good. I mean, Evaldi was really – Montgomery was great in game one. Evaldi was really good in game two. Just continue to get good starting pitching. Yeah, and, and Brian Cashman, thanks a lot for Jordan Montgomery. Unbelievable there. That's another story there. And he's it's just – it shows you why the team we root for in baseball is just down – it's just an absolute disaster right now. But, yeah, I mean, well, thanks a lot for the Jordan Montgomery thing. But Montgomery was good. Was good. He's been good all postseason. He was good in game one. Uh you had uh, Evaldi good in game two, and we'll see what Scherzer does. We'll see what Scherzer does in his return. It'll be very interesting to see what Scherzer does tonight in his return. And also, just continue to go off to a quick start. That that first inning set the tone set the tone for that game. It got the Astros on their heels. It set the tone for that game, scoring, putting up a four spot in the first inning against the Astros. And that 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 set the tone for that entire game. And also, continue to have the eighth and ninth inning guys. Cabin pitched really well for them in the postseason. And so was their – and I can't – I'm trying to remember their closer's name, but – He's pitched well too. I mean, and that was a weakness, and that was um, a weakness during the year. Yeah, it's like um, Leclerc. Right? Yeah, Leclerc, 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 Leclerc I think Leclerc, Leclerc and Chapman. They've pitched really well. Yeah. So yeah, just continue to have the, the eighth and ninth inning guys pitch well, and there's just no way if those, all those three things happen, they're the Astros are going home. The Astros are going home, and I don't think they're even see. They're even. I think the series will be over in four or five games. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, the starting pitching has been awesome. You know, Montgomery and. Yeah, I don't want to turn this into Yankee States, but how you know how did this guy not be able to get the ball in the postseason? Like the Yankees did not want to start him in a postseason. I I don't get it. The Yankees want to sign him back, I guess. Why the why would of course because they because they want they want you know they want if I'm him I don't resign back with the Yankees. You already traded me in a year where we could have won the World Series. I would not resign with them. No, me neither. That's why I'm a little odd when I saw that the Yankees would be on this list of suitors. Um, but yeah, Montgomery's been good. Like even you know. We'll see. Serger hasn't been great the last couple postseasons, but maybe a month off helped him here. Like, if you can get a dominant Max Scherzer, you're in really good shape tonight or for the rest of postseason. So, yeah, they continue to get the the uh, starting pitching's been great. You know, the biggest shape. Yeah, I had the bullpen as well. Chapman's that one. What game one was against Alvarez, where it's like, oh, that's going to be gone. It just um, it was on the warning track. The the way yeah. they kind of the camera angle there made it look like it was going to be gone, but. Yeah, you know, I've been surprised. Chapman's looked actually pretty good. I'm kind of waiting for his blow up as well. 
Um, but yeah, that was their big thing, and that's why they kind of blew some games there. You know, they they lost like 16 out of 20, I think, at one point. And then yeah, finally, and then lastly with the lineup, like Seeger's been the leader. He's batting 391 this whole season. He's been awesome. If he played 162 games, he didn't get hurt, he would have gave Otani a run for the money for MVP. He had oh, that absolutely. great of a year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, see. Yeah, he's been an awesome signing. Like the rest of that lineup too. Like Evan Carter's really stepped up and played well this postseason. Um, up and down that lineup, they they've been really really good. And yeah, if they continue to kind of the bats stay hot. Um, you know that that it's gonna be very tough for Houston to get out of this hole. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So it should be interesting to see what happens. You got Game Three tonight between the Rangers and Astros at Globe Life Field in Arlington. So we'll see what happens there. But we got to talk about some some baseball news, some surprising news as Kim Ning, uh, Kim Ning, uh, and the Marlins have uh, parted ways. And this is a this is I mean, let's just say with the team she's parting ways with, this isn't really a surprise because we know the Marlins just have a weird way of doing business. But she's done a great job with this team. She's done a phenomenal job. She got this team to the playoffs this year, and and now they're parting ways. I mean, it just shows you this organization has no idea what they're doing. They have no clue what they're doing. They finally get a good GM. Really good GM that's committed to building this team going forward and got them to the playoffs, and this is what happens. This is an absolute disgrace and an embarrassment for the Marlins organization. They allowed this to happen and allowed her to go go free. And if you're the Red Sox, you are on the phone with her right now, and you are hiring her. If you're John Henry, if you're John Henry, you are on the phone, or Sam and Sam Kennedy, you are on the phone with Kim Kim Ning right now, hiring her. You would think I haven't seen their name pop up, but I would think because I know there's been people backing or like have turned down the Red Sox job. So I know they're right now they're kind of there's been a couple names out there, but like guys, you know, we'll see. But yeah, like it seems like too on what I've read that they wanted to hire a baseball ops person and she would have been the number two. And yeah, I don't blame her. Like the get that team why the postseason. Would, why would you do that? Why would you want to do that? I I don't I don't know. That's you mentioned that that's the Marlins. They don't really, you know. They, I think their value I saw in like four, like their worst value valued wise in like the A's. Like it's not a great franchise. They've never been. They don't want to spend ever. You know that ballpark. I've heard. Have you been that ballpark? I've never. Been, Have you no. been there yet? Okay, I know. Okay, no. like I know. I've heard it's not in a great spot either. Um, they, they don't draw anybody like, yeah, it's not a great friend. It's not a great play, you know, but yeah, I, I, I was, it's a little surprising, but yeah, I don't blame her for not wanting to be the number two here after just making a postseason with, with that team and, you know, finding a way in that division. Um, I know they took advantage of the Mets being poor, but yeah, I just, you know, I, I, again, she'll, she'll find another job somewhere. Yeah. It would be smart. The Red Sox go out, but I, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe her name pops up in a couple of days or so with the Red Sox. Um, but yeah, I, it was weird, and yeah, that's the Marlins. Just I, I know teams want to start hiring these baseball ops guys, but yeah, after just getting her to post, getting postseason with that, I, you know, I don't, I don't see the, you know, it just, it's a, it was a weird thing when I read it Monday to see that, you know, they parted ways. Yeah, it's it's, it's absurd. It's, it's it's but it just tells you everything you need to know about the Marlins organization. They're just completely dysfunctional. But we got a huge game in the horseshoe this weekend. We got a we got a, a huge huge game in the horseshoe this weekend. But before we talk about that, we're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? 
The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All righty, so we got a big one in the horseshoe this week as Penn State takes on Ohio State. And let me tell you something, this is a game James Franklin has got to win. He is 1-8, 1-8 against Ohio State. This has been his biggest problem. He can't beat the good teams. He's really good against the, uh, against, against the teams that he should beat, but he has a lot of trouble against the good teams. This is a spot where this is a humongous game for this program to, to win. And this is a huge game for Penn State here at Ohio State in the horseshoe where I feel like they had, I feel like they're as good as Ohio State, to be honest. Their defense has played really well. they got a really good running game with, with, with Nicholas Singleton. Drew Aller has played well, getting the ball to, to Lambert Smith. I think this Penn State team, I know they really haven't played anyone. I know they played UMass, but they dominated UMass. They've won every game by two scores, at least. I think they've won every game by at least 17 points. If you look at the Illinois game, it was probably the closest game they had all year. Now, the toughest game was, for some reason, Northwestern when they came out flat in the first half. But I think this is going to be... I think for this game, this is going to be a really, really good game. I think this is going to be an intense game. But I think the difference in this game is going to be, I'll take Drew Aller. I like Drew Aller over Kyle McCord. I think the running game of, of Penn State is going to be better, too. I think Nicholas Singleton is going to run the ball. I think this Penn State turn, team is going to force a couple turnovers against Kyle McCord. And Ryan Day has lost some big games. He was lucky against Notre Dame. He didn't lose that Notre Dame game. But he's lost some big games. Those two big games to Michigan. He lost a big game. He got crushed in a big game at home last year. I, I feel like Ohio State is good. But I don't think it's as great as it's been in the Urban Meyer days. I really don't. And I think this is a spot where Penn State gets them. I think they get them here. I think Penn State goes to 7-0, and I think they get them here. I got the Nittany Lions win. I think this is, this is going to be Franklin's second win against Ohio State in 10 years. The only one was in 2016 where he had that block field goal with Grant Haley. But I think they get them here. I think Penn State gets them here. I think they win 27-24 to over the Buckeyes. But, Justin, the big question is, is, can 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 Ohio State continue their dominance over Penn State? I have the same score as you. 
but I'm taking the Buckeyes. I just that Buckeyes. James Franklin one eleven. Yeah, I do one eleven just kind of scares me. You, they you, have you not been one, great. You mean either. one and eight? I, you mean one and eight against them? One and eight against Ohio State, and I think he's one eleven against top ten opponents. And he's never won in the horseshoe. He's never won in the horseshoe. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I know he always keeps these games with Ohio State very close. He doesn't usually get blown out in these tight, you know, with, with Ohio State. But I just, you know, oh, you know, the 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 thing is, I kind of, you know, when we talked a little about this game pre-show, um, you know, who can make those explosive plays? Penn State that, really hasn't attempted that. And all that was year. an issue. That that reporter asked that question. Now, yeah. totally long-winded, stupid question. The reporter asked James Franklin. But he's kind of true. Yeah, they've definitely had trouble creating yeah. big plays. And in this in this kind of game, they gotta make big plays. Yeah, they do. I the first game or the first play last week against Penn State, uh, they attempted to go deep in the rain, in the cold. But I think Aller checked it down. Like I think it ended up being a check down, and I think it ended up being incomplete, anyways. Um, but like, yeah, like. I don't like – I think because both defenses are really, really good, and I think both teams are going to struggle to sustain drives in this game, and I think the explosive plays are going to be big. And I think Ohio State hits a couple more than Penn State does because, like, I really haven't seen Drew Aller air it out. So, like, I don't know how he is on a deep ball. Like, I don't really know. I don't – you know, that that's why. And I think on the outside, it's Marvin Harrison versus um Dante um Cypress who – I know, like, they're pretty high on coming the year, but he hasn't made a big of a um, impact as I think they wind them to. So that's where I worry about Penn State in this game. And, um, you know, and Ohio State's really banged up. Like, they could be down their top three running backs. Emeka Buke is nicked up. I don't know if he's going to play. Um, but I, I think the difference, too, in this one could be a Cade Stover. Penn State kind of blitzes their you know, Ohio State's big tight end. I think he can kind of find some open space. He can be a tough guy to bring down. I think, you know, that could be Kyle McCord's like big kind of safety blanket in this game. At the horseshoe, I could see Penn State winning. You know, like I Penn State, like this is the year they want to win the even though Michigan right now is just an absolute juggernaut. But Penn State, Jane Franklin wanna win this Big Ten. This is this is the year to kind of pick them off. And I just I, I you know. I just I think Allen's gonna be a very good quarterback. I just haven't seen him in a big spot, it, or he's played well like when he's had to, like in that Iowa game, that West Virginia game. He made some plays, but like I haven't seen him in a deep ball threat. We really haven't seen him in a tough road environment yet. Like there, I still have more question marks right now about Aller than even though Kyle McCord's not great either. But at home, I I, I think you know Marvin Harrison can make the difference in this one. Yeah, the Marvin Harrison thing is gonna be big because if he has if they were able to run the ball, that's gonna be the key. If if they, if they're able to run the ball, Penn State can Penn State can pretty much double you know Marvin Marvin Harrison. They could double him and, and, and pretty much take him out of the game. But if Ohio State's able to run the ball, then that's going to open things up for Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison's key because he's definitely the best player on this team. So if they if they if, if they if Penn State can stop the run, that's a big key because then they could double Marvin Harrison and, and and pretty much do what Notre Dame did, pretty much take him out of the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and you know, yeah, and. I, and yeah, like if they keep him out, that that'd be huge, especially if Buka doesn't play. But last week, um, Ohio State five-star freshman kind of stepped up and Cardell Tate. Like it's no surprise. Like that's the guy that like if they shut down Marvin Harrison, and Buka can't go, that's kind of the guy that I think Penn State's got to pay attention to. Um, you know, Fleming's pretty good as well, but I, I think Tate kind of you know had a really good game against Purdue. 
you know, he had 80 receiving yards. Like that, that's the guy too, that they, you know, true freshman, um, Ohio State having another big wide receiver step up, but yeah, like both teams. Yeah. Like, I think it's a great point too. Cause both teams. Yeah. Can they run the football in this game? Like Ohio State's had, has had their problems. Penn state's done pretty well, but again, like the level of competition has not been there yet. So yeah, it's a huge test for them. And that's kind of what they've been building up to here, you know, but look, they, they played their offense did pretty well against Iowa and Iowa's got a pretty good defense. I think Ohio State's is a little bit better than Iowa's, but look, you know, I think Penn state's got a really good shot in this one, but at home, I just think the Buckeyes right now, I, I got, I'll, I'll take them but one by a field goal. And which quarterback do you trust more in this environment, uh, Drew Aller or Kyle McCord? I'm going to say Drew Aller. I'm going to say Drew Aller because I just think he's a better player than Kyle McCord. And Kyle McCord is more of a game manager. I know we haven't seen Drew Aller make plays, but I think he has potential to make plays, so I'm going to take Drew Aller. Yeah, that's a good point because he's got the potential. I'll go the other way and take McCord. I want to see Aller do it. Like, I do think he – again, Sean Clifford was a good quarterback. He could not get you that next level. I do think Drew Aller's got that potential to take you to the next level. This is going to be the game to kind of show you does he have it or not, and I think he does. At home, though, I'm going to take McCord. I like his weapons better than I do Penn State's. And, you know, because, like, they, I don't know, like, Penn State-wise, too. Like, I don't know, the, you know, they really have not seen a wide receiver core like they're about to see with Ohio no, State either. No, not, like at it's, all. not at all. And I think, you know, that that's going to be key, too. But, like, with McCord, yeah, there's some throws this year where I'm going, yeah, he's not – it's not there yet. Like, the timing's not down there yet. But, like, you saw in the Notre Dame game, if you give him time, he can kind of pick you apart. But if you get in his face and pressure him, he will struggle, and he's prone to making that mistake. So, yeah, you know, Ohio State, they're, you know, with McCord, you know, it's been a big downgrade, you know, and I think the way Strouds played at the NFL level two is kind of a big part of it. Like, he's looked really good, and he's been, you know, he's been awesome. So, yeah, McCord's made one mistake. Aller hasn't made many. So, like, it's definitely going to come down to kind of, you know, what quarterback makes the less mistakes as well as the explosive plays. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we will move to the game in Tuscaloosa as Tennessee faces Alabama. And I think this is a close competitive game. A lot of the games have been this year with Alabama. But I'm gonna, if, 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 if Tennessee couldn't go into the swamp and win and beat Florida, I don't think they're going to beat Alabama and win. I know the game will be close. I think Milton will play better than he did in the swamp. But I think Jalen Milroy will manage this game. Bama's defense with Dallas Turner will make a play at the end. And I got Bama winning 27-20. But... Justin, can Tennessee hand Bama their second loss of the year and keep their playoff hopes alive? No, I got the tide as well in this one, 31 to 20. Joe Milton, I, I, I've i really kind of lost all confidence in him. He can't hit the deep shot, and that's kind of the problem. They rely on that explosiveness. They can't really hit it right now, and they can they ran the ball really well last week against A&M, but you're going to have a very tough time doing that this week against um, – against an Alabama defensive front that's going to kind of stop, slow that down. And I don't think Millen's going to make enough plays. He's been banged up too, I feel like. And I think that's part of it, why he hasn't played as well. Tennessee may be down one of their better offensive linemen as well in this game, which is going to hurt, I feel like. Um, and with Bama, yeah, they kind of they kind of slept walked last week against, against Arkansas. They didn't play great. Joe Milrow actually has like the second highest passing um, – or. QB efficiency right now in the SEC behind um, Jaden Daniels. Like he's played, you know, like he's starting to, you know, he hit a couple deep shots last couple weeks. Like I think he's they're starting to kind of get in a rhythm a little bit offensively, and 
there's not too many times where we kind of talk about Alabama and the revenge angle. And I think that's kind of key here in this one. Exactly. And I think last year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a game when they play, when they play LSU home. and Tennessee. Yeah. When they play Tennessee and, yeah. and uh, LSU, that's going to be the big revenge. And they're at home with, in, in both those games. Yeah, which is, yeah, that's, that's huge. And, yeah, that's coming up, too. Bama's got the buy to that, and then they got LSU. That's probably going to be the that SEC late, the one late-night game, you know, 8 o'clock kick, but um, I'm, I would assume. But, yeah, you know, Alabama, last year in this game, that's 16 penalties. They can't do that again. That's unsaving, like. And, actually, the, light, the, the last thing, going back about Tennessee's offense, is you're seeing more this year of teams kind of the way Georgia defended them last year with the later box and kind of daring them to run or, dare, you know, daring them to um, – you know, kind of run the football, not take those big shots. And I, I think that's the same thing that Bama's going to do. I, I think Saban's going to make sure of that. And I, I don't think Tennessee's offense is going to be great. Their de- Tennessee's defense is a lot better, but their offense is definitely taking a few steps back this year. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we got a Pac-12 matchup in Eugene as Washington State faces Oregon. Washington State had a terrible loss last week to Arizona. Oregon, we all know what happened with them. They were very close to beating Washington, probably the game of the year, but Dan Lanning made some – very questionable calls to probably cost them that game. So, but in this game, I think this will be Oregon easy. I, I just uh, Washington State couldn't beat Arizona. I can't see them competing against Oregon. I think Drew Bonix has a huge day. I got Oregon cruising 42-14. Justin, I assume you got the same. Yeah, unfortunately for Wazoo right now, there are so many injuries and they just don't have the depth to compete right now. Um you know, and the other thing is too, the book's kind of out on them as well. Like if you just drop eight. And, you know, only bring three. They can't really run the football, and they don't really attempt to run the football. And I think they're going to struggle going down to, to to Eugene. And I think Oregon wins this game big, like 45 to 20. I think Washington State, Cam Ward's going to have another rough one. I think Bo Nix and that offense kind of play well yet again. And Washington State's offense, I think, is going to have another rough one. And their defense, Bucky Irving, too, for the Ducks, I think is going to run all, run all over this Cougars uh, defense. We got a matchup in the SEC East as South Carolina travels to Missouri. And I think this is a good game early on, but I think Brady Cook outplays Spencer Rattler. And I got Missouri winning this one 35-24. But, Justin, can Rattler end Missouri's playoff homes? Kentucky couldn't last year. Can Rattler last week? Can, can, can Rattler do it this week? I don't think they will. I think they keep it close. I got the Tigers 31-27. This is it's like South Carolina's two and four. They lose this game. They'll be two and five. They don't have any shot of the bowl game. It'll be a losing season. So like, should I think Shane Beamer be on the hot seat? Should, should Shane Beamer be on the hot seat? No, they gave him an extension, so I don't think he is. The South, you know, I think he's done a good job. That's a tough, that's a tough job to win at. You know, like Spurrier is the really only one that's had any success there. I don't think yet. Like I think next year they they go four and eight, five and seven again. I I think you will see him, but some very questionable comments after the game. Blame kind of everybody else beside you know besides him. Like kind of blame players. Like kind of you know they didn't really say you know bad coaching but bad execution. Kind of bad this bad this and then he was so frustrated after the game. I guess he broke his foot after trying to kick something oh and God, wow. so it's you know. That doesn't help his case either here. But Rattler's played really well this year. But Graham Mertz, Graham Mertz had 423 yards last week against the South Carolina defense. Luther Bird and Brady Cooker have a field day. Graham Mertz has actually been decent, but you can't let Graham Mertz, and he had a game-winning touchdown drive. He did whatever he wanted against his Gamecocks defense. Their secondary is brutal. I, I Luther Bird is going to have, have a huge day. 
All right, we've got Minnesota heading to Iowa in a Big Ten matchup. And I just think it was a low-scoring game, just the game Iowa wants. Low-scoring where they could run the football and play defense, and they win. I got them winning it 20-10, to 10, but Justin, can Minnesota stay in the race to win the Big Ten West? It'll be very difficult. They got a chance. I got Iowa 13 to 7. The over under is on a 31 and a half points, and I would not wow. take that over. I think it's going wow. under. Wow, that's crazy. Um, it's yeah, it Iowa, they this morning they lost Eric All, their tight end, who is their big receiver. Um, they're down now three tight ends. Cade McDamere is out. They got Deacon Hill as their starting quarterback, and he's like the late um Jared Lorenzo. He's a Big six five, like two sixty quarterback. He can't throw a spiral. He, he it's every ball is a wobbler. It's it, it's bad. Two weeks ago, they only had they had their wide receivers had zero catches. This past weekend against um, Wisconsin, they had two. They they you know they had one explosive running play that was for an eighty yard touchdown run. This would be low scoring. Minnesota's defense is pretty good. I think they're I think Iowa's defense is going to score a touchdown in this one. Um, it's, you know, the battle of, uh, Rosedale for the, you know, the pig trophy here. I got Iowa winning a very low scoring one. It's the passing offenses to the, they're 131 and one or 131 in the country. They're, I was 130th and Minnesota's 131st. Wow. The only wow. worst team is air force. That's crazy. It's bad. And, they, and all they do is run. Yep. Yep. Both teams. You're going to see a lot of, eye, a lot of kind of, you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to take football back about 60 years. And there's a reason both these teams cannot compete for a national title in 2023. No, it'll be very interesting to see how these guys do when Oregon the one game Washington. Iowa lost was 31 nothing to Penn State. Yeah. They're going to be in the Big Ten. They could go 11-1. and play. I know. And get destroyed like a, the Big Ten championship game to Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan. Yeah. They, they, play they won't Michigan, come within like three touchdowns no. against either of, those two, either of those three teams. No, like with Michigan's defense, like they they destroy, they had what, 80 yards against uh, Penn State. Like that's now you may have to face Michigan, who's probably the best team. Oh, that's gonna be ugly. They, yeah. they, they, they get shut out like 31, like, like the Penn State game, be 31. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they somehow win that game, yeah, they could, they, they could somewhat be in the playoffs. Yeah, it's crazy. Like they, crazy they wouldn't probably, but they need some crazy, crazy but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll Bill Parker, their D coordinator, deserves a uh, deserves a statue. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Now moving on to an SEC matchup in Auburn as Ole Miss faces Auburn. I think Auburn stays in and early, but eventually I think Jackson Dart and Junkins t- take over in this game. I think we see Ole Miss pull away in the second half, and I got Ole Miss winning at 34-20. But, Justin, can Hugh Freeze end his former team's playoff hopes? No, nah, they're all so bad. I got Ole Miss 38-24, to and – Ole Miss backup is Spencer Sanders, and my kind of theory is Hugh Freeze kind of, I think, uh, knew Jackson Star was going to be the starter, but didn't want Hugh Freeze to get Spencer Sanders because they really desperately need a quarterback badly because Peyton Thorne and uh, Robbie Ashford are not great. Like, they they really showed the score against LSU's putrid offense and or putrid defense. I think at night game at Jordan Hare, they kind of keep this thing, as you said, close for half, but Ole Miss coming off the bye, kind of get healthy. I think Jackson Dart does enough in this one. Auburn's kind of front. Can they, you know, slow Ole Miss down enough? I don't think so. And I just don't think Auburn's going to be putting enough points. It's it's kind of going to, you know, not be as ugly as last week, but Ole Miss is going to run that up-tempo stuff, and I don't think Auburn's going to be able to keep up. 
We've got the battle of Michigan between Michigan and Michigan State, and this should be a total blowout. Michigan should win this game big, should run the ball all over Michigan State, should force turnovers. I think this game is going to be a total blowout. I got Michigan 49-10 over Michigan State. Um, I could see it. I got 38-10, but I was thinking this morning that incident last year in the tunnel where the Michigan State guy was swinging the yeah. helmet. Not, yep. I could see Harbaugh trying to really put it on Michigan State Ooh, this week to kind of yep, send a yep. message. So yep. I could see it. D'Antonio, he's like a special advisor or whatever. Like he covered 10 straight as the Spartan coach at one point, but they blew it. The Sparty blew an 18 point last week against Rutgers. Like I could see this Who's game. Who's even the coach of the Spartans right now? Um, they're D coordinator. What's his name? He's been there even under Mark D'Antonio. Oh, gotcha. He's been, gotcha. So he's been there a while. Yeah, but I forget his name. But um, yeah, I I could see this game. This is the game where Michigan State just absolutely flat yeah. out quits. I could see maybe a half, like it's seventeen to ten. But other than that, Sparty's got no chance. I, I JJ McCarthy that offense right now. They're playing their defensive line like he, they're just. It's like George last couple. They're just rotating guys in and out, and they're all NFL potential guys. Yeah. Michigan, I think, rules in this one. Um, up in East Lansing. Got a top 25 matchup in the ACC as Duke travels to Florida State to play the Seminoles. And I don't think this game's close. I don't care who plays quarterback. I don't think this game is close. I think Florida State is clearly the better team with Coleman, with Jordan Travis. I think they dominate this game. I got Florida State winning this one big, 38-17. But, Justin, can Duke hand Florida State their first loss of the year? No, I got the uh, Seminoles rolling 34-14. Ryan Leonard practice week's been throwing the football around, but – the thing about Leonard is it's his big kind of threat is with his legs. And with that ankle injury, that was bad. Like, I'm surprised he's kind of even back up and practicing already. Like that, that looked like it was going to be even worse, but like, so like, I don't think he's being hundred percent. He had a limp last week when I was kind of, you know, when they're showing him warming up last week, if he can't, if he's not mobile, I think Florida State's gonna, or Duke's going to have a tough time moving the ball around in this one. Florida State, too, was like they were blitzing up 38-3 last week in Syracuse. Johnny Watt, Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, I think they have huge days. And the top cornerback for Duke last week, he got banged up late in that game. And you could kind of see him tapping the helmet at a, you know, like he kind of so I, you know, they if they're down their top corner too. I, I see Florida State, or Duke having a tough time containing uh with the Seminoles in this one. All right, we got a big one in the Pac 12 between Utah and USC. And I think this game, I think I think USC is finally going to beat Utah because I think of the quarterback play. I know he played terrible last week against Notre Dame, but I think he bounces back this week and he gets a win. I got USC beating Utah 31-24. But, Justin, can Utah continue to have their success against USC? Yeah, I'm taking the team who actually seems serious about playing football right now. Oh, you you, are, you you do not like USC at all. No, I, I don't. I'm out on this team. That. They're like, I thought they were just kind of messing around the first couple weeks, you know, because they haven't played well a year. But I thought, okay, they're kind of saving it for the Nordane game. This team just, they're unserious. It looks like playground football, like what they're doing. Like, Utah's going to get after Caleb Williams. You kind of saw the blueprint. You put pressure on him, he's, you know, he'll make a couple mistakes. Utah will do that. Yeah, Utah's got no, uh, yeah, Cam Rising, I think he's sitting out. Like, it sounds like he's getting, advice from his parents and doctors like just just go to the nfl draft which i don't he's got to raise his stock like in this qb class he's a day three guy but you know it's his choice so you know but look i in utah's a more physical team i just us usc is pathetic up front i said it last week 
Lincoln Riley cares more about speed than he does strength. I just, Utah is going to bully him up front yet again. And I think Utah keeps it, you know, I could see Utah in this game having a 10 minute drive, keeping Caleb Williams off the field. I think this, I think Utah makes this thing ugly. Zykeer Branch, the kick return, you know, or punt return he had, you know, he's electric. I see him making a couple big plays. And that's the other, like Lincoln Rod, too. He isn't, even, I, Learned two over the weekend. He doesn't have a special teams coach. Like this guy is just I. Again, he's like he's kind of like a Cliff Kingsbury to me a bit because this team's not prepared. Wow. He's wow. he's a little bit better of an in-game manager. I feel like, but like I don't know. It just kind of feels like a carbon copy of like Cliff Kingsbury. Really offensive mind, but like everything else, it just they're just poor. And he is his QB coach. Cliff Kingsbury is a QB coach, so. Makes sense that those two are uh, on the same page, but uh, are on the same same school, uh, staff. But I just so USC seems serious. I don't. I'm not. I'm not taking them. I'm not taking them in a game like this. I'm. Just, I'm just not. Wow! Wow! Going with the youths there. Going with the youths. So we'll see what happens there. But we're gonna wrap the show talking about the WNBA finals. Aces lead the Liberty two games to one. If the Aces win tonight in New York, they close it out, and I think they do. I think they do with Asia Wilson and Kelsey Plum. I think the Aces win their second straight WNBA championship, and this would be the fifth time the Liberty have lost in the NBA Finals. So they beat Brianna Stewart and Sabrina Unesco. So, Justin, you think it goes a fifth game, or do you think the Aces close it out tonight? Yeah, I'll take I'll go with a fifth game. I think Liberty will get it done at home tonight. I think um, um, the Aces are missing one of their better players, Chelsea Gray. I think she's going to be out tonight, out tonight, too. So, yeah, you know, I think Brianna Stewart – Sabrina Unesco do enough at game four, and I think they force the game five back over in uh over in Vegas on I think on Sunday. So yeah, uh take the liberty to send it. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. It'll be very, very interesting to see what happens there. But that is gonna wrap it up on Sports Talk with RJ for Justin Anafrio. I'm Steve Risser. We will be back next week talking about week eight of the NFL season, doing our World Series preview, our NBA season preview, and talking about week nine of the college football season. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones had first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.